Hi everyone, welcome to this week's uh, episode of the Recruitment Reality Podcast. I am delighted to be joined uh, by a, a new associate of mine, Rosa from Stella Select. Um, rather than me give uh, an introduction, it'd be amazing if you could. And actually, the thing that we were talking about before around sitting on that board of uh, psychologists, that would probably be quite interesting to share with people. So over to you, Rosa, it'd be good to hear more. Hello, everybody. So my name's Rosa Hilmy. I'm the co-founder and managing director of Stella Select. Um, we are a niche recruitment consultancy, um, really partnering up with um, financial services businesses, predominantly in the lending space. Um, my role within the business is quite varied. Um, we are in a position of um, growth. Um, and on top of that, I've recently become a um, board member to the Association of British Psychologists, well, business psychologists, um, something I'm very, very excited about. I'll be partnering up with them to grow their members. And at the same time, I'm scaling Seller Select into 2024. Amazing. So tell us a little bit more about Stella Select and, and how long it's been uh, going as a business. Okay. Obviously, great. Always great to hear that recruitment business is growing uh, at the yeah. moment, as many are struggling. So it'd be great to hear a bit more. So the business is 19 years old. Um, I set up Stella Select after having um, my daughter. She was three months old at the time. Um, at the time, I wanted to have the freedom to work for myself. Um, a year, within the first year, we were profitable. Um, we've always kept the business quite small. So there's 10 of us at the moment. Um, we recruit across the whole of the UK. Um, we now want to grow. My daughter's now 19. She's at university. I'm now looking to create Stella Point 2, which is going to be a larger business. Um, over the last couple of years, we've gotten heavily involved with um, lots of projects to automate, to use technology. Um, we have been working extensively across our employee engagement, our EVPs, um, lots and lots of exciting things going on here. It's very fast paced, but, um, you know, it's it's. I think really by the time we get to year 20, I'm really hoping that we'll be doubling size. That's really what we're hoping to, to achieve. Amazing. That's awesome. So what are you, you know, in terms of the market in general, mm -hmm. uh, what are you, what are you seeing? Because a lot of people are still struggling uh, as mm -hmm. recruitment organizations. What are you seeing and, and maybe how are you attacking it differently to be able to kind of keep growing? without giving away any secret sauce, obviously. Yeah, um, okay. I think really what I'm seeing is there's a lot of change with, with businesses, and I think that's inevitable. Yes, there are redundancies, but from my perspective, um, whenever there's change, there's always opportunity. Um, I know that um, in our market, we have been quite heavily impacted this year, but we've still um, been placing, we've still been generating business. Our market is in the lending sector, so interest rates have had a massive impact to business volumes this year. We're probably seeing that um, a lot of our, our clients in our space have been really looking to streamline, have been looking to re structure um, there's been a huge amount of change but then we've also seen other businesses where although um, our market hasn't been great they've got really strong USPs they're able to be a lot more fluid in the market they're able to react and be a lot more agile um, so there are peaks and troughs really in our market and it's not a great time but there are still businesses out there that are doing incredibly well 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think you asked what are we doing at the moment to to kind of counter that? Yeah, I guess, I mean, one thing that you've obviously talked about is working on your EVP, having USPs, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I, I totally agree that in terms of the, the sort of the market, what you have to do in a tough market is get, I believe, personally get niche. A lot of people go the other yeah. way and go, oh, I'm going to do everything to all people. But actually, if you get super niche and super specialized and, and that's a niche yeah. where you know there's opportunity, then you can do much better. Be be good to hear you yeah, on that. Yeah, I agree with that. And to be honest, with this business, we've got very, very firm um, niches. So we recruit across the entire lending cycle. So when businesses is down, um, we cover the arrears and the recovery side of things. So really, my advice would be, you know, have a backup plan. You know, when when um, the credit crunch um, happened, and we're going back quite a few years, we were really impacted and we learned our lesson then. Um, we very, very quickly diversified because we were really focusing on underwriting and originations and as a result of the credit crunch we started to deal with servicing and that's all things arrears related and recoveries related Um, and we've really carved out a niche on both sides of the spectrum from new lending all the way to Mm. possessions and recoveries so that would probably be the biggest thing I learned back then obviously we survived that we've survived the pandemic we've survived what's happened this year as well Mm. Um, so I think it's really having um, the US US, a strong USP and sometimes your USPs are not actually what you think are going to attract businesses and I think that's something that I've really learned this year um being a niche recruiter you really need to have very very good USPs um again I think for us we've been successful because we keep on top of the industry so again we read up about what's going on in our market um whenever we hear that there are new funding lines we're approaching businesses whenever there are changes or there are redundancies we're reaching out to those organizations to see if we can help place a staff somewhere else again Mm -hmm. you know it's a good opportunity to network and as a result I often run free workshops for businesses making redundancies who have then gone on to become clients um, mm. candidates who we've actually helped have gone on to become clients um, so it's really about the small things really you know building those 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 firm USPs really building relationships with people and just seeing that even when you're helping to find people jobs who have been made redundant there's always going to be opportunity there mm. that's really interesting and not not a strategy that I've talked about much with anybody, mm-hmm. to be honest, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, helping and consulting with organisations making redundancies, because obviously that's yeah. a natural candidate pool, right? It it's, is, it and, is. And they're yeah. in, you know, they're in a situation of need and you're in a situation where you can potentially help them. So, but I guess it's obviously sensitive as well. How do you, how do you kind of manage that sensitivity, if you like? Like somebody going through redundancy is going through a really tough time. Right. Yeah. And usually it's a highly emotive situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And quite a lot of people that get made that are getting made redundant. Actually, the last thing they want to think about is getting a new job. Some of yeah. them are like, all I can think about is getting a new job. You know, it's really quite tumultuous. Right. In terms of in their lives. Yeah. As a recruiter, how do you help and support that in a sensitive way whilst also mm-hmm. obviously trying to generate business from it? Does that make sense? 
It does. It does. I think really it's a common sense approach. It's very simple from my perspective. It's about putting yourself in that person's shoes. Um, Whenever we really register anybody that's going through redundancy, I think it's really just explaining that, you know, there's always going to be opportunity out there. You may be made redundant now, but somebody else could really want your skill set. And what we tend to do is really... um, we, we tend to go in on site and we will present, we'll give a lot of information to people, things that perhaps I haven't really considered. Because I know that um, when you're being made redundant, a lot of organisations will arrange for a HR consultancy to come in and go through your mm-hmm. CV. And a lot of feedback we get from individuals is that, that whilst that's great to help with the CV, it, it's not actually that helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do that's different um, is we really talk to them about um, things that they need to be considering when they're actually putting their CV forward. So a lot of people might make assumptions. So if somebody's worked for a mortgage lender and that mortgage lender specializes in four different products, really understanding that, you know, a lot of the people that are shortlisting CVs are not specialists. You know, you, you could have somebody inexperienced. So really highlighting those specialisms in terms mm. of the lending types that you, you're underwriting. Things like if you hold a lending mandate, which is really important for our market, if you're an underwriter, you're only an underwriter if you've got a mandate. Um, mm. If you don't document that, then they don't know you've got it. Mm. Um, if it's a senior mandate, you want to highlight that. If you're dealing with exceptions or things outside the policy, so all of these great things that people just assume that people will will we'll know. Figure out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're working for a specialist lender, again, you know, you might have somebody that's not in that market reviewing your CV. You need mm. to spell it out. I think really um, on top of that, another bit of advice would be just to be kind to yourself. You know, it's not fun, you know, going through that. And often if you're all, if there's a bunch of you going through the same process at the same time, it makes it even more stressful. But Mm. I think the best advice would be just be kind to yourself. Often, you know, I'd say right now the market isn't wonderful. But then we're coming close to Christmas um, pay rises and salary reviews and bonus time. What will probably happen is a lot of businesses are holding fire from recruiting at the moment because they know it's pointless Mm because we're coming around that corner. So it's just sometimes understanding that the market just isn't there. Um, Mm. And looking at perhaps variations of roles that you can do um, that still keep you within your skill set because nothing's forever. You know, markets do pick up, things do change. And I think, you know, it kind of comes back to what you talked about at the beginning and having a USP and a a niche, right? If you're a specialist, make sure people know just how specialist you are. You are, yeah. And and actually, I think the thing with like a HR consultant going in and, uh, and giving advice around a CV is if you're a specialist, really your CV is not that important. What's important is connecting with people like yourself, Rosa, Mm. and businesses that do what you do, because you will have the roles available in that specialist area, because nine times out of 10, the companies that are looking, they don't know where to look, they can't find the people, right? Because it's specialist. That's the whole point. So uh, really good advice, both for, obviously, for recruiters and for, um, for candidates themselves, you know, think about what are your own USPs and how are you getting that across if you have to use the dreaded CV. 
obviously you've been going 19 years. What have you noticed about candidates over those 19 years and their kind of their changes in, in attitude to, you know, getting a job and working with recruiters like yourself? That's a tough one over the, because I've been just, I, it's second nature now to me, but I think yeah. it's, again, going back to a common sense approach in terms of, I think people just want to be heard. People want to um, tell you their story. And, and really, before, really, we should be looking to actually try to match them to jobs or to assess them. We need to learn from them what they've done, what they enjoy, where they want to be, what sorts of businesses they want to work for. There's so many different things that, you know, you, you recruiters don't always consider it's a very very human thing finding the job it's a very stressful thing mm. and I think it's really about this I think the reason why we've been successful is learning you know just really get to know the individual first of all then try to match them then try to assess them mm. um, otherwise you're not really offering any value yeah yeah and I yeah it's it's interesting again what is the value of a recruiter if all you're doing is slinging out their cv a hundred times and hoping yeah yeah i mean we 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 get to know individuals and we talk through what they've done we learn about what they've done Uh, we get them to tell us their story and then we probe then we assess then we match Mm -hmm. and um you know sometimes we're talking people out of going for certain jobs because it's just not the right thing when you really get to know them you're able to qualify them as a business for our clients but also as a candidate as well sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have that frank conversation to say I just don't think this is quite what you want I heard you mm. say this and in reality this isn't what you what you're you're telling me that you want mm. so I think in the general market most people tell me that candidates have become more demanding over time would would you say that that's fair or do you think maybe actually people just aren't treating candidates with the same respect that they used to, or they're not getting to know and understand, you know, what the candidate wants and that kind of stuff. And that's why actually it's not working. Yeah. I don't feel that candidates have been too demanding. I think that they're, look, we we often approach individuals that are passively looking. Um, They're not always actively looking. And Mm -hmm. then we approach and we work with people that are actively like looking for employment. Um, I think it's just a question of, you know, people, I think really with the whole COVID situation with hybrid working, remote working, the thing that perhaps people, from my perspective, maybe a bit more demanding or would be that that there's an expectation why can't I work remotely Mm -hmm. why can't it be hybrid and we often get people apply for jobs where it's hybrid saying well you know I would just assume it would be a remote role that would probably be the only thing that I would state that we see demands Mm -hmm. but to be honest I think it's just that candidates are not being heard they're not being spoken to they're not being listened they're not being asked the right questions um i don't feel that our candidate pool is being demanding i think if anything they know more what they want Mm. and they're able to communicate that more there's a difference between being more demanding and ending up with a better shortlist because people actually know what they want yeah Um, and i think if logistically something can't work then you know you need to listen to what someone's telling you yeah interesting so switching gears uh, slightly, as you know, uh, you've obviously had the business for a very long time and kept it successful mm-hmm. and now growing. What kind of technology have you used over the years and, and what do you think is going to help you? What technology is going to help you grow, you know, double the business, as you said, in the future? 
I mean, like with a lot of businesses like ours, they, they have automation, but that's been a big thing. And I think that's really helped us to improve the candidate journey and the candidate experience. Mm -hmm. So we have lots of triggers to make sure that, you know, things don't fall through the, um, the cracks. Candidates do get a good experience. People do hear back from a recruiter, um, mm. even <laughs> if it's a question of um, delivering the news that they don't want to hear. You know, you still need to deliver those hard messages, those hard yeah. um, updates. And I think really a lot of people would learn that people expect to hear, you know, no, it hasn't it hasn't gone your way this time round. This is the yeah. reason why. You can't always get a yes. But I think that um just really understanding that it's okay to to give people honest feedback. They they're going to be grateful, they're going to be happy, and they're going to know at least I've got some insight as to why that didn't work out this time round. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I've just done a recruitment round for Willow and one of the really stark things that hit me was when I was giving candidates negative but constructive feedback, mm -hmm. I got no negative response from them, but oh. I got loads of positive responses saying, thank you so much. It's so rare that anybody would ever keep me up to date. And yeah. I'm there thinking that's just crazy. Common courtesy. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's common courtesy, but B, if I ever want to come back to that candidate again, and I've not even bothered telling them why or when or the fact that it's not worked out or whatever it may be, you know, they're not they're not going to engage with me in the slightest. So why would yeah. you not spend the time doing that? What kind of is there any specific technology that you use that helps to do that? We're using something called Hearfish. So that integrates with our CRM and we have an operations analyst that manages all of that. Um, don't get me wrong, he would probably know more about our tech stack than I do. But you know, <laughs> um, So we, we use that. And again, you know, all the usual bits and pieces, but we have a CRM that it integrates with. Um, but again, you know, perhaps that might be a conversation to have with our ops, our ops guy separate time. He, he would probably be able to share more interesting information about that. Yeah, well, even just a, even just a name. I've never even heard of Hearfish before. Oh, okay. So, um, so you know, looking forward to digging into that a little bit more. Um, so, look, we're coming up to the you know the end of of our time together. I think with such a wealth of experience, clearly within recruitment, and clearly your focus is much like ours is on the candidate experience. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think if you have a good candidate experience, everything else falls into place, to I be agree. totally honest. Mm -hmm. What um, what advice would you give to other recruiters um, who are looking to, you know, keep their business for as long as you have and then start doubling the size of it? What advice would you give to them around giving a candidate a good experience? They are your product. Without them, you haven't got a business. Um, those those products can become your clients. Those yeah. clients can become your friends. Those candidates, you might place three, four times over and you'll be their exclusive recruiter. Um, update them, you know, even if it's via email. You know, I've got a rule within our team. If it's a CV submission and we have it all through automation and automated email goes out, but it's, it, it, it's that day that we get feedback. Mm. Every time you have updates, update your candidates. Um, it, it's not hard. It doesn't take long. And um, it builds really, really powerful relationships with, with people that, again, you're going to want to call again in the future. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, uh, the main thing... <laughs> for me that I realized 
probably too late in my recruitment career, especially placing grads, mm. was that those graduates could easily become your clients in the future. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it wouldn't take them that long, you know, two to three years max, and they right. would be making a decision as to whether to hire a candidate or not, you know. And, and yeah. if you gave them a crappy experience, you're out the door. If you gave them an amazing experience, you know, you're much more likely to um, to be trusted and win their business. And also you understand them better. So then when Definitely. it comes to the point of actually dealing with them and placing candidates, you go, I know what this individual likes. Yeah. So here's a shortlist that's going to hit the mark. Um, well, the large majority of our clients are over candidates who have then become hiring managers. So, you know, we've we've gained a lot of our business through free service. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. Any, um, just to sort of round off the conversation, any final pointers that you'd maybe give to candidates in your market at the moment? I think stay positive. The new year is going to be a new time. I think businesses need to kind of reset. Um, there's a lot of transformation. There's a lot mm. of money. There's a lot of funding. There are businesses out there that are going through significant change and there are going to be massive opportunities there. And again, you know, if you come from a consumer lending space, there are many different types of consumer lending businesses out there, new new and existing. Um, the market's still going to be buoyant. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, look, let, let's take some of that positivity. Thank you so much rosa for uh, for joining me on Anytime. the podcast if somebody wants to get hold of you or get in touch with stella select what's the best way for them to to reach out uh, to give us a call um or again if they want to connect on linkedin message me that way i'm always happy to talk awesome okay great well thank you thank you everybody for uh, listening I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, if you have any questions for me, just come and find me on LinkedIn. Um, and as Rosa said, if you want to speak to Rosa directly, uh, you can find her too. I'll put all of those details in the show notes as well. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rosa. And have a good no rest problem. of your week. Likewise. Thank you. Bye-bye.